afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the C Report for Monday, March 29th, 2021. I hope you all are doing well, and I know I am. Um, uh, well, let's just get right into the show, shall we? A little bit of housekeeping. Visit us at qnaholdspodcast.com. Make sure my banners are up. And uh, we don't got anyone live on Twitch, but I'm sure we'll see a couple of people trickle in sooner or later. Um, let's see what's going on in the world of news today, ladies and gentlemen. Well, ah, there's not a whole lot going on. No, just kidding. <laughs> there is going, there is a lot going on. Um, it's just, you know, it's a lot of what we're hearing, but you know, there's always some of those finer points coming out in the rough whenever, uh, we think that we're getting the same amount of information. Um, we did have... <laughs> We did have a surprise appearance by President Trump at a wedding this weekend. Now, this is really going to start to seem like overkill, I'm sure. I'm sure people are going to be like, Mr. C, I think maybe you just have, um, I don't know, daddy syndrome or something for President Trump, because all you do is talk about President Trump on your program. Well, you know, it's true. And honestly... I debated whether or not I was going to share this clip. I mean, you guys could just go search it. It was a TMZ exclusive um, where he made a guest appearance at a wedding at Mar-a-Lago. And uh, it was uh, the wedding of John and Megan Ariago. That was this past Saturday now. Now, what I was thinking, because like, I'm okay, first of all, you get it, right? Like, this man has been censored and silenced like 17 ways till Sunday, you know? So, um... The man's gotta get out and say what he can and do what he can while he can. I mean, it's not as if though the paparazzi weren't, you know, going after him. It's just a little bit harder for them to do it now, especially since he's a former president. Uh, but he has the Secret Service and all of that detail. So I imagine that maybe it wouldn't be easy for, you know, uh, entities like the paparazzi to hound Donald Trump. Whereas, you know, they can, you know, hound... Uh, Britney Spears into um, meme oblivion, but uh, you gotta you gotta take it where you can get it right. And uh, I mean, Lord, he had to have known that someone was going to leak the video. So what I was debating about primarily with this was um, at some small pocket in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, I could just see the legacy media, I could just see the mainstream media, I could just see all of them. Um, rallying together and creating this statement of, oh, look at, uh, look at this poor former president still trying to be relevant, or look at this poor guy, he's just, you know, making a fool of himself, and, you know, this kind of, uh, uh, speak is not appropriate for a wedding, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, but, um, I mean, you know, he's a former president, and these things are important to him, in fact, he's still the president, guys, so, like, I don't see why not. Why not share? But you'll you'll get the gist of it. It's like it, it does kind of have that vibe. Like oh, it's it's grandpa so and so or uncle so and so just talking about you know things, and it's 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 a wedding. But I I still thought it was entertaining enough. Uh, and you know you already know what he's gonna say. I mean, what dozens upon dozens upon dozens of uh, campaign rally speeches and stuff like that. And, you know, the message, you know, kind of becomes, you know, the same after a while with its, you know, 
nuances and different things that might uh, accessorize the speech, like, you know, uh, 40 mile an hour freezing headwind in Wisconsin or something like that, you know. But nevertheless, let's go ahead and just see if this clip will play. We've, we've gotten better about these things working here at the Sea Report. So with any luck, we will get to hear it. And let's uh, give it a whirl. You know, I just got, I turned off the news, I get all these flash reports. Because Mr. C is so stubborn-headed. Okay. Poop. And they're telling me about the border. They're telling me about... Oh, come on. Jeez Louise, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. One moment, we'll weed out this tech diff real quick. We'll weed it out. But okay, so he does appear at this wedding and, uh, you know, he talks about the border. He talks about uh, China. Um, and basically he says, well, do you wish I was back? I mean, do you miss me? Um, and, and again, like I said, this is a very different perspective for a lot of us because we haven't had a four-year um, a four-year single China, term. They're talking about Iran. How are we doing with Iran? Well, they were ready to make it. You know, they would have done anything. They would have done anything. And this guy goes and drops the sanctions. And then he says, we'd love to negotiate now. We're not dealing with the United States. They don't, they don't want to deal with us. And China, the same thing. They never treated us that way, right? You saw what happened a few days ago. It was terrible. And... Uh, the border's not good. The border is the worst anybody's ever seen it. And what you see now, multiply it times 10, Jim. You would know how to handle it. He's the only one I know that might handle the border tougher than me. But we have to, and the tough is in the most humanitarian way, because that's what it is. What's happening to the kids, they're living in squalor. They are living like nobody has ever seen anybody. There's never been anything like what's so, And you're going to have hundreds, and you have it now. They have the airplane photos, the shops, and they call them shops. And these things are showing thousands and thousands of people coming up from South America. And it's going to be, it's just, uh, look, it's a disaster. It's a humanitarian disaster from their standpoint. And indeed it is a humanitarian disaster. And uh, we'll have a little bit more on that, time willing, in the show. Um, and also another thing that uh, he had said here that ha had brought to my attention was uh, when he... And it's going to destroy the country. And frankly, the country can't afford it because you're talking about massive, just incredibly massive amounts. Our school systems, our hospital systems, everything. So it's a rough thing, and I just say, do you miss me yet? <laughs> yeah, um, yes, we do, sir. As we were saying, we did get 75 million votes, nobody's ever gotten that. They said, get 66 million votes, sir, and the election's over. Well, I got 75 million. And they said, but you know, you saw what happened. 10.30 in the evening, all of a sudden they said, no, 
it's a strange thing. Why are they closing up certain places? But you know, a lot of things happen right now. I just wanted to say it's an honor to be here. It's an honor to. Have Absolutely. I think we can go ahead and wrap there. He just uh, bids the uh, couple well after that. But okay, so as I was saying, um, with the whole Iran thing, uh, that caught my attention too, because with Iran, I mean, Trump had was able to work with all of these major, especially nuclear possible threatening uh, countries, you know, and Biden just lifted the sanctions on Iran, released billions of dollars in Iranian money uh, for them to, you know, spread throughout uh, the Middle Eastern companies, like someone to Yemen and and stuff like that. So uh, you have to wonder what was up with that. And now Iran's taking a harder stance against America. And then I read an article. um, Well, I saw actually a headline for an article, so we're not going to go into it. But it said something to the effect that now Iran and China were signing agreements together, um, you know, in a sign of challenge against the United States. So illegitimate Joe has not put the country in a safer or an even more respected way uh, since coming into office. Um, I think uh, the world is beginning to believe that, you know, they can go ahead and run over the United States of America again and basically just throw them under the bus um, and and, uh, take advantage of every uh, kindness opportunity and uh, giving that we're willing to do as a country. Because don't forget... That's all taxpayer money that we're indebted to the Federal Reserve uh, Central Bank um, to pay back um, on money that's non-existent to begin with. So think about that, guys. But um, where I'd seen uh, this article, so I mean, I'd seen the video uh, like last night um, when I was just going through some stuff with Trump and debating about whether I was going to show it. Um so I went to the, 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 I went to the headlines uh, to see if anyone else was talking about this uh, Trump video and stuff, because obviously people are going to do it. I mean, we're doing it here at the C-Report uh, just because the man doesn't get covered in the legacy media. Not that, you know, the C-Report is really making a huge difference, you know, in the aggregate in the, uh, at the moment. But nonetheless, you know, the documentation is still here. And uh, that's why. So um, I clicked on a Newsmax article uh, regarding this story. And something very interesting about that Newsmax article caught my attention. Now, there's a lot of stuff going on right now in regards to election reform. Um, and, and the reason why it's in the news is because, A, you have HR1, uh, that's basically going to legalize all of the measures that the Democrats and the corporate um, entities uh, who are supporting them and the, the, the union entities who are supporting them and the liberal entities who are supporting them, all progressive, everyone, um, basically, that's uh, anti-Trump or anti-America and anti-conservative, to legalize all of those measures that they used to steal our election in 2020 in front of us. I mean, we all saw it, but I mean, well, at least we saw the mechanics of how they do it, right? So that's one reason why it's in the headlines. Uh, Then, of course, we have what's going on in the state of Georgia right now with this, um, I don't know, what's the deal with Brian Kemp? 
huh? Like, he flip-flops more than a dying fish in the Texas sun. Like, I don't understand this man. And so now he's, um, he's uh, signed a, a bill into law in Georgia wherein they have Georgia state election reform. And the left is going crazy. The legacy media is going crazy. Everyone's going crazy. So all of that's in the headlines. And then, of course, let's not forget. President Trump did get the election stolen from him in broad daylight, even though all the magical strokes happened, you know, at the witching hour. So that's, that's, that's another big thing. So you notice in the speech, you know, President Trump does go on to say, oh, I won 75 million votes, or I won, I received 75 million votes. Um, And then, of course, what is this? Uh, Joe Biden got 81 million votes, thereby making him the most popular and voted man in America with the most respect and the most reliability, and not to boot, uh, beating out all other competitors, including Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama in their own respective years, right? Okay, what's up with that? So Newsmax, uh, Newsmax, who I already have bones to pick with because I believe that this entity is a, uh, I believe Newsmax is another plant. They're a plant entity like Faux News, Fox News. They're there to, uh, to steer the conservative narrative. They're there to steer Trump voters away. They're there to make sure that those people get locked in a vice grip of, um, I don't know, echo chamber, self-confusion, uh, you know, denial. I don't know. They're trying to get the conservative, uh, um, you know, group uh, locked into having them believe that they're actually on the side of conservatives. And maybe they're on the pseudo side or pseudo side on, of conservatism. I don't know how to explain it, but they, they're, they're pretenders. They're posers, you know, they are poetasters, you know, like they... They are not what they appear to be. Now, it is often said that, you know, if you look hard enough or if you are paying attention, they will reveal themselves to you. So tell me why um, a news organization who's supposedly conservative, who supposedly the Trump train can rely on, why, why the patriotic American train can rely on, why um, are they um, continuing to prolong this narrative we have the left saying that Trump lied. We have people, even now, as Trump is making appearances back into the public eye, who keep saying he's he's still spreading the lies. He's still saying the same lies. He's still he's still saying the same debunk stories about uh, voter election fraud, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right? Well, as a patriotic American who knows what they saw and and will not sit down to be fooled. I wouldn't write an article that then verifies what the legacy media narrative is trying to push. This is what Newsmax said in this article. Uh, Trump went on to gloat that his campaign received 75 million votes in 2020. Trump officially won 74.3 million votes in the 2020 presidential election, while Biden received 81.3 million. So Newsmax is going to go ahead and stab everyone in the back while they're smiling at you in the face. And they're going to prolong this narrative that Trump was indeed the loser and they're they're never going to even mind the fact that where did those 81.3 million votes come from? 
do we need to remind Newsmax about l- the difference between legal and illegal ballots? Because this seems to be something that they are not even linking to, providing other articles on, talking about how it was contested. You, nothing. None of it. None of it. And I feel that the people at Newsmax are already failing at their job because they're like real journalists, you know what I mean? Real journalists, like, uh, I, I, I guess, you know, like, um, I guess none of them saw anything that happened, uh, during the 2020 presidential election or the coup is I would like to call it. But as I said, you know, president Trump has been making statements, um, um, in regards to just about everything on his, uh, his uh, Save America, via Save America, it's, it's DonaldJTrump.com. It's his, his website where he has the Save America um, uh, thing that he's launching and stuff. But that's where he does his, his uh, that's where he does his um, tweets, basically. Like, you know, so um, I went ahead and looked at some because this has been in the main front and it really does tie in because we're going to start to talk about what's going on in Georgia as a mirror, again, of what we're seeing at the federal level and what the hell's going on with Brian Kemp and stuff like that. I don't know. But just keep in mind, all of this stuff was election fraud. You know, when you talk about like uh, in Georgia where they didn't, um, they didn't, they said they recounted the ballots, but then what, what did they actually do? They just recounted the exact same ballots. They didn't do any kind of ID check or matching. Like all of that was was out the window even after it was being contested. And then we have to remember Raffensperger and Kemp and Abrams were all in on it when it came to uh, ensuring that the theft of the election happened peacefully. And and Kemp let it happen. Kemp let it happen. And, and Raffensperger took over authorities that as the secretary of state, he does not even have. Um, but again, they use this all under emergency COVID uh, management for the electoral process. And now whatever they did at the state level, they want to make it permanent at the federal level and have the federal government control our um, means of voting, how, what, where, when, why, maybe even who um, through HR one. So all of this is really related. And now we're going to see also how, uh, the left is trying to curve what's going on in Georgia. And, and they, and this will obviously reflect, um, in, in the might, in the macro, um, also, uh, cause they're getting a lot of pressure in Georgia over this bill. They're, they're getting pressure from corporations. They're getting pressure from, uh, the entertainment industry because, um, like I, I wasn't even aware of it, but Georgia, the state of Georgia, particularly in Atlanta, that metro area, like it's huge for the entertainment industry. Like the East coast version of Hollywood is quickly becoming Georgia. And because of that, with, you know, all of, I guess, the tax money they get from jobs and stuff like that's all adding even more pressure onto them. We'll talk about that, too. So let's see here. Um, let's let's talk about some of these statements from the president of the United States, Donald Trump, because uh, he has, like I said, he has been making um, announcements. And on the 26th, which I believe was what, Friday? Um, he had, uh, set a statement out that said, congratulations to Georgia and the Georgia state legislature on changing their voter rules and regulations. They learned from the travesty of the 2020 presidential election, which can never be allowed to happen again. Too bad. These changes could not have been done sooner. So clearly what is going on in Georgia, (laughs) um, does, uh, does see the approval of, 
uh, President Donald Trump. Let's look at one of his statements that he did on 315. And uh, we covered some of this, um, but not this statement in its entirety, because this had to do around the time when the Washington Post was being called out for um, uh, for um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, they were being called out for persecuting uh, Donald Trump and and uh, accusing him of breaking laws on a story that was false. So if you guys remember that story, they had to correct it. And then, you know, of course, Trump went on uh, on the defense, I guess. And he started, you know, talking about, well, it, let's see what he had to say in this statement, because this also ties into the, the voter fraud in Georgia. The Washington Post just issued a correction as to the contents of the incorrectly reported phone call I had with respect to voter fraud in the great state of Georgia. While I appreciate the Washington Post's correction, which immediately makes the Georgia witch hunt a non-story, the original story was a hoax right from the very beginning. I would further appreciate a strong investigation into Fulton County, Georgia, and the Stacey Abrams political machine, which I believe would totally change the course of the presidential election in Georgia. Fulton County has not been properly audited for vote or signature verification. They only looked at areas of the state where there most likely would be few problems, and even there they found large numbers of mistakes. We are seeking to find and reveal the large-scale election fraud which took place in Georgia. Many residents agree, and their anger caused them not to turn out and vote for two Republican senators in the January election. And we all know now that one of them was a shill. Um, the consent decree signed between Raffensperger and Stacey Abrams was not approved by Leffler, was not approved by the Georgia state legislature. See, the, the consent decree signed by Raffensperger and Abrams was not approved by the legislature. And uh, although I'm not versed in the constitution of the state of Georgia, I do know that um, the United States constitution does delegate the authorities of um, election um, processes to the state legislature, not to city ordinances, not to city mandates, county mandates, nothing like that. All right. Uh, it continues, and therefore should be deemed invalid. So this consent decree should be deemed invalid, and the election result changed. Why the governor and Raffensperger ever approved this consent decree is one of the great questions. We look forward to an answer. You will notice that establishment media errors, omissions, mistakes, and outright lies always slant one way against me and against Republicans. Meanwhile, uh, stories that hurt Democrats or undermine their narratives are buried, ignored, or delayed until they can do coverage of the vaccine that preceded the election. Oh, wait, I apologize. Or delayed until they can do the least harm, for example, after an election is over. Look no further than the negative vaccine uh, coverage of of the vaccine that preceded the election and the overdue celebration of the press. This latest media travesty underscores that legacy media outlets should be regarded as political entities, not journalistic enterprises. In any event, I thank the Washington Post for the correction. A little slap on the face there. So, um, very interesting there. And as you can see, yeah, I mean, journalistic entities, I think, first... Um, we're coming under fire for, for being too concerned about the bottom line, for being too concerned about selling headlines. Um, uh, they, were, they were becoming part of a corporate machine. But now, 
they've taken another rung lower and they've become a political machine. Uh, and, and that is with propaganda um, that, unfortunately, due to uh, some um, authorizations and certain acts about patriots that came out in 2012, uh the government can get away with putting propaganda into media without um, fear of uh, reprisal if that should fall into the hands of an American citizen. And that's just the way of it. So what is all the hoopla about in the state of Georgia? Like, what is the big whop? Not whop, but whoop. <laughs> Sorry, guys. What's the big whoop about this um, election reform that is happening in the state of Georgia? Let's take a look at it. Um, so let's see. Uh, I got this information from the Epic Times, and basically it's a, a tiny write-up on what they're seeing in the state of Georgia with these new reform laws and the reason why the left, the Democrats, the progressives, the communists, the socialists, all of the above are up in arms, even though they don't believe in bearing arms, about this election reform. Okay, uh, the article says, under the new law, secure drop boxes are to be placed inside early voting locations. There should also be con constant surveillance of the boxes by an elected election official or their designee, a law enforcement official or a licensed security guard. The law will mandate two Saturdays of early voting across the state, a measure Kemp said makes voting more accessible. Counties can also retain the option of having two Sundays of early voting. For runoffs, the law shortens the election cycle from nine weeks to four weeks and requires a minimum of one week of early voting before election day. Kemp said that the law also speeds up processing to ensure quicker election results, requires security papers to allow for the authentication of ballots, and allows the bipartisan state election board to have more oversight uh, over counties that fail to follow state election law. That doesn't sound so bad. Ringing in the ringing in all these uh, rogue uh, county uh, uh, officials. Um, in calling for more oversight over counties, the law's introduction states that Georgia counties with dysfunctional election systems can lead to problems for voters such as uh, long waiting lines. Uh, processing of absentee ballots and other administrative challenges and state officials are limited in what they can do to address such problems. As such, having a mechanism to address such problems will promote voter confidence and meet uh, the goal of uniformity. The law also limits absentee ballot requests to no later than 11 days before Election Day. State Representative Jan Jones, a Republican, said the provisions is meant to increase the likelihood of a voter's vote being cast successfully. Isn't that what we all want? After concerns were raised in 2020 about mail, mail ballots not being received by counties in time to be counted. Um, let's see. Voters, uh, see, among other stipulations, the law prohibits people to solicit votes, distribute or show any campaign material, or provide money or gifts, including food and drink within 25 feet of voters standing in line at any polling place and within 150 feet of any polling place. Uh, I think that was actually one of the stipulations that the left was crying about. They're like, they're going to make it harder for people to get water and food while they're waiting in line because they have to wait forever because we only have one machine. And and all of this has to do with what? And they say it's because it's it's in black neighborhoods. It's in it's in minority neighborhoods. Yeah, we're going to take a look at what some of these idiots are saying. Um, let's see. Uh, 
it also says here, a telephone hotline will be set up to receive complaints and reports regarding alleged voters, uh, intimidation, and election fraud, which would be reviewed by the Attorney General within three days. The law does not ban no-excuse absentee voting, something that has been allowed in Georgia since 2005. The American Civil Liberties Union and Georgia's National Association for the Advancement of Colored People said on Thursday they will challenge legislation in the courts. And indeed, they are. Um, let's see. Let's take a look at, uh, if I got any articles on that. Hmm. Mm, it looks like I didn't save it, but, um, yes, they are. It was, uh, there was, I think three or four, um, uh, social groups, um, a women's rights group, a black's rights group that are already filing suit. I think they're already challenging it for the second time. If I remember the headline of the article, but that is indeed what's going on. Uh, so let's look at what some of these people are saying in regards to um, it being racist. Like this is racist. And and again, this is from MSNBC. So you guys could probably bet that this is going to be what they're talking about uh, and, and the angle that they're pushing. It's ridiculous. Uh, let's give it a listen. Let's see if it plays. Let's just be clear for everybody who's watching this right now. What Republicans... <laughs> okay, let me expand it. Republicans are saying is they're going to make it torture for you to vote in line. You see that? It's going to be torture for us to vote in line. Because, I don't know, apparently you have to stand back so many feet. I mean, why don't you take your bottle of water in line with you? Um, why don't you take a snack? Um, I'm sure that there's... Uh, many different things that you can do as a responsible citizen to ensure that uh, you're taken care of when you're waiting in line. And lines don't have to be that long either. By having fewer machines, beat up machines, places where... In, in urban centers, places where black folks live, suburbs where black people... You see again and again. Make it impossible or torture for you to vote in line. And then they're going to make it impossible for you to vote by mail. They're going to lock off every way that you can vote. And then even if you survive all of those restrictions and you finally get your vote in, then they're going to say, ways out. We're just not going to count what you did because we don't like who you voted for. So we're just going to give it to the other guy. This is the now you guys see the irony in that, right? Of course, y'all see the irony in what she just said. Like, that's exactly what they did. Again, these people on the left, it's like one of their, I don't know, it's in their game book. It's in their game plans. Like, project all your sins onto your opponent. And this is exactly, what she just said is exactly what they do. This is the end of democracy in America. This is the beginning. And again, the end of democracy in America, the end of democracy. I mean, come on, really? Any of the South, the South Africa strategy. This is minority rule. And so you see, this is the only angle that they have to push. The only angle that they have to push. Um, and it's, 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 it's quite ridiculous. It's quite ridiculous. Okay, I'm probably just going to go ahead and kill this. So uh, let's see here. 
I had another short. This is saying we will rule Girl. over the objections of the majority of the American people. This is the most serious thing that we've seen happen since the January 6th siege. It's another kind of siege. It is. Oh, they just don't want her face to be shown. Okay. All right. Uh, there was another video I had. And, and again, it was, it was a CNNBC one. And uh, it, it was, again, just talking about it's how bizarre. These... And it is, uh, <laughs> I will say it's un-American. It's probably kind of in a way. <laughs> it's old school. She's so dumb. Uh, just talking about this one, the hateful CBS slimes Georgia as anti-American. Again, anti-American. Uh, it, it's, it's stunning. It's stunning the way that they change the rhetoric around like that. And they expect us to believe and be fooled. Like, I just, these people are... These people are insane. Um, let's take a quick look at this article. Now, I was mentioning how also they're receiving pressure in Georgia. Excuse me. Oh, and that was the other thing. They're irate that this law is also going to require ID for absentee ballot. And apparently the state of Georgia already requires ID when voting. But, but this is another thing. Like uh, they're saying again. I guess minorities, Hispanics, Mexicans, Blacks don't know how to get an ID. Can we please invest some taxpayer money into educating Mexicans and Blacks on how to get to the DMV or something like that or how to get to this licensing? Because that's just, it's ridiculous. But um, this one was from the Federalist. Woke corporations tried to blackmail Georgia for passing mild election security reforms. So now we have corporations who are, I mean, everything's going woke these days. Uh, military followed suit and the State Department is right behind them. Um, uh, activist uh, groups are calling on uh, Brian Kemp to change, like they're going to boycott basically um, the state of Georgia. Uh, these are coming from sporting leagues. So we have the Major League of Baseball, Major League Baseball, and also the PGA Tour. Uh, those are, are some of the main targets that these leftists are going after to make sure that they put the heat on them. Apparently, uh, these new election reforms are Jim Crow-esque. Um, I guess they're going to have, what, white and black segregated voting boxes. Uh, I'm sure there will be um, a white, a black, and a caramel line that you can get into just to make sure you don't mix. There might be a yellow one that's uh, quarantined just to make sure that we're safe from the China virus, right? Anyways, so um, uh, let's see here. It says, with big events such as the Masters Tournament and Major League Baseball All-Star Game, both scheduled to be hosted in the state, activists, um, organizations such as National Black Justice Coalition and the Major League Baseball Players Association, a trade union, are demanding actions by the league to demonstrate clear opposition to the new law. Again, what does sports and entertainment have to do with our, like, government and law? It should have nothing to do with it. It's there to help us, you know, stress relief, not, you know, get all pent up and wound up. The PGA Tour and Masters Tournament have both made commitments to help diversity, golf, and address racial inequities in this country. And we expect them to not only speak out against Georgia's new racist voter suppression law, but also to take action, the National Black Justice Coalition said. Um, so that's just one uh, example. Here's one that I thought was kind of stupid. Um, this guy must really think a lot of himself. Um, his name is James Mangold. Uh, he's a film director. Um, I was a fan of the movie Girl Interrupted when it came out. So that is one of his films. 
not a big fan of Logan, the Wolverine. Um, I mean, I was a Marvel child, but they've just ruined that. I'm a purist. Anyways, last week, the director said he would no longer work on films within the state. An ultimatum, similar to Hollywood actors, directors, and producers, empty threats to leave Georgia in 2019 if the governor signed a heartbeat bill seeking to ban abortion after a baby's heartbeat is detected in the womb. Oh my goodness. So apparently, I didn't even, did I miss that line? Apparently, um, uh, apparently, uh, actors and, and Hollywood people want us to be able to abort babies after there is a heartbeat. Goodness. I am a firm believer that life, I mean, okay, people believe, I know this is just a total sidebar, guys. I, people believe that life starts at conception. Um, I guess, you know, once the, and not to be, not to be crass, but once the, the sperm hits the vaginal walls, I guess that's where, that's where life begins. Uh, are sperm conscience? I don't know. I don't think that they are. I believe personally 45 days. Oh, the number 45. Uh, that's when the pineal gland forms. Uh, that's when the heartbeat starts. And that's when the soul gets tied to the mortal coil called the human body. That's what I believe. That's just me. But anyways, that's just... It's disgusting. Okay, uh, this... Uh, these <laughs> these actors... Hollywood. That's Hollywood for you. So apparently this mangled guy is just so up on himself that, you know, he's going to threaten the state of Georgia. Um, let's see. While some such as Stacey Abrams' organization, the New Georgia Project, and Martin Luther King Jr.'s daughter have warned that a boycott could hurt middle-class workers and people grappling with poverty in the Peach State, other groups such as Black Voters Matter and the African Methodist Episcopal Church are boycotting major global companies that have headquarters or operate in Georgia, including Coca-Cola. Um, now you're saying, why Coca-Cola? Well, Coca-Cola had this to say on Twitter... Um, and, uh, it got them, it got them in trouble. Um, it says, uh, let's see here. Oh, it says, uh, Coca-Cola recently released a statement noting that it agreed with election improvements that would enhance accessibility, maximize voter participation, maintain election integrity, and serve all Georgians. So when Coke said that, um, they started to boycott them. Um, and then also apparently Aflac and Delta Airlines has come under, um, fire for, um, releasing statements that support easy and accessible elections and, uh, integrity of elections. So, uh, that's just something, you know, to keep an eye on. Um, but, uh, we'll see that and we'll, we'll probably see this moving forward. Now I know on federal election levels, like with HR one, um, it, it probably would not be as easy to, but I mean, think about what they did with, um, with the whole, um, uh, kneeling during the, the national anthem thing with the sports, like the leftist organizations were able to turn up the heat so bad on the sports industry and sports entertainment, uh, that, that they were able to woke them into basically going out of business and losing all of their, um, all of their patrons, you know? Uh, so I think it's easy to see that if HR1 doesn't go through, uh, that maybe Hollywood and these leftist organizations will go after media and will go after, um, businesses and make them promote, make them promote, um, 
um, these as racist uh, reform laws, uh, kind of like what they're doing with the vaccine now and and uh, how they're forcing, well, not but through pressure, forcing businesses and, and, uh, and the likes to to give out, um, you know, uh, gifts and, and to reward people for getting vaccinated and stuff like that. And then to punish those who don't. Um, and, and it's bo- it's basically going to boil down to discrimination. And we'll get more into that um, at a future future broadcast, but not too far in the future. We'll get to it soon. But but that's something that's going on there um, with uh, with uh, Georgia as a reflection also at what we're seeing at a federal level. Georgia coming under fire um, because they have went ahead and went through with these uh, voter reforms. And again, like I'm saying, like, it's pretty crazy. You know, it's pretty crazy. Um, And uh, it's it's just going to continue. But with Kemp flip-flopping, I don't know what's up with that guy. I feel bad for the people of Georgia (laughs) that they don't have a governor more like the governor of Texas, Governor Abbott. Okay. So uh, let's see here um, what final news items I have to close up. We still have some time here. Um, again, like the videos I was going to play, that's kind of, it kind of, you know, cut, cut me some more time, I guess. But um, an interesting article that I had found, and this kind of goes into uh, what we're talking about, um, down in the South. Uh, so Lynn Wood, um, a lot of people know who this man is. A lot of people... Uh, have some very um, snide things to say about him. Um, I think that a lot of us should appreciate this man for an example of integrity um, and and towing the line when it comes to uh, the strong headwinds of opposition um, from, uh, um, you know, the deep state and from the swamp, basically. Uh, now, Mr. Linwood, um, he is uh, taking up another task, it seems, um, he is going to show the American patriot population that is awake what it takes to do to win back this co- country. And I believe he's going to do that um, because he is now launching a bid to lead the South Carolina Republican Party. Yes, this uh, lawyer who fought so aggressively against um, election fraud in the 2020 presidential coup is now going to be seeking um, a seat in the legislator's house. So that's very exciting. It's very exciting because this is what we're talking about when we're talking about taking back America and not just relying on uh, the good old days of trusting your politicians to not be bought out and paid for and self-interested, um, but we, the people, actually have to, you know, do it ourselves. And this man, I don't expect this is going to be easy. This is not going to be easy for Linwood because he's coming under fire for credibility. They are attacking his credibility. We already saw the state bar trying to revoke his license. And I think they did. Um, I'll have to backtrack on that story. But I know that they were attempting to revoke his license. Um, this is not going to be easy for him. Um, his credibility is being shot down every day since this whole fiasco with the coup happened. Um, and so if this man can do it, I think it just goes to show if he has the cojones after all of this demonization to now run for a state legislator position, I think we should all, you know, take, take from his example and, 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 Really consider 
if you have a clean slate, if you have like no colorful history, if you have nothing that can be used against you, if you know that you have walked the straight and narrow your entire life and you are awake to what everyone is doing uh, as far as the politicians are going, as, as far as what we have been covering in um, this whole past four years of the pres- uh, President uh, Trump's uh, time in office, optically speaking, publicly, um, I would encourage you to strongly consider running for local office in any position and, and obviously more towards the position that you would be more useful in. So if you have a background in accounting or finance or whatever, if you've worked at the state but you're an awake patriot and you don't know what to do, uh, like Project Veritas, uh, be brave, do something, say something, be brave, run for office. Because you know what? If we can get you in there, you will get support. We, you will get you will get people supporting you financially, uh, morally, monetarily, um, and even politically. Like, if you don't know, if you're not, if you're not, if you think you're not educated on the politics of what's going on in the world, or you know, um, I don't know, foreign policy. Don't worry about it. It's local. You know, all you need to do is really have a love for your country. You know, I mean. Could that be the standard aptitude test for what it takes to be an American politician? Like, really follow the Constitution? And, and, and I say that because I know if I were in a position that I could run for office, I probably would. Um, but I won't because I am a, I'm a duck in, I'm a dead duck and I'm dead on arrival guys. I'm dead on arrival if I run for office. So I don't want to waste y'all's time or money on that. Just trust me on that. I would be the most honest politician because I think I lead a pretty honest life. I mean, I think omission is probably one of the worst things that I do as far as white lies go, but I'm not going to get off my box. I'm just saying I can't do it. I'm dead on arrival. But if you guys can do it, you would have the support of hundreds, thousands of Americans and people who are in the know, people who are initiated, people who are in the industry, people who are smart, people with high, you know, uh, IQs and, and degrees and, and who walked the straight and narrow, unlike your, your, you know, your humble host here. And they will support you. I will support you. You know, like we're just looking for good, red-blooded, patriotic Americans who really know and represent what this country stands for to run for office. And I I really believe if a man like Lynn Wood can do it, you all can do it too. So let's see what this article has to say about Lynn Wood. Um, It says, um, Lynn Wood, a lawyer who filed third-party lawsuits in support of former President Donald uh, Trump's election challenges, has announced his bid to lead the South Carolina Republican Party. Wood said in a March 20th statement that he's seeking to oust current state GOP chairman Drew McKissick, who has been at the organization's helm since 2017. In his statement, Wood cited a dispute over control of a local Republican Party organization in Horry County. Um, It states from Linwood, a compelling compelling reason for my decision to run for chair of the South Carolina party is that it is time for the leadership of the party to recognize and appreciate the amazing patriots stepping up to get involved in the party. This is not the time to take actions to exclude them, Wood said in the statement, in which he complained about moves by state Republican leadership to limit what he said were MAGA Republicans having a stronger voice in the county. 
pause article real quick. So this is great because we already have Trump coming out and saying, we're going to stay Republican, keep this going, right? Now we have Lynn Wood, who has just created a bridge. He's created a bridge, excuse me, he's created a bridge for all MAGA Republicans to stay in with the Republican Party. Now, I'm not about party politics. I'm a registered Republican, but I'm not, I, I mean, I'm not, I don't, I'm just, you know, I follow who has the best and whose ideals align mostly with you know, the Constitution, with American values, with the values of freedom and liberty and, and, and self-determination. That's what I follow, okay? So whatever party you want to call that, it seems to be that the Republican Party is what, you know, the vehicle for that is at the moment. Same thing like when I was a Ron Paul supporter. That was the vehicle to move the candidate. So um, Linwood is basically saying, I'm not going to let these uh, rhino Republicans do this. I'm going to run, watch him get in. And now this bridge has been formed for other MAGA Republicans to follow or to file in behind him. So they're flanking the rhinos, Trump and Lynn Wood, if this is successful, is kind of how I see it. The current chair, Drew McKissick, uh, brought in a 25-year-old state representative appointed by the state executive director, removed the person in charge in the county and took over, Wood alleged. So, sorry, this is going back to um, this Horry County... Um, um, uh, we call it uh, discrepancy in the election. Um, so let me go ahead and reread that so you guys can get the context. The current chair, Drew McKissick, brought in a 25-year-old state representative appointed by the state executive director and removed the person in charge in the county and took over. So counties run their counties, he said. Interference by the state has no place in this county process. McKissick, who Trump, whom Trump recently endorsed for election, didn't immediately respond to a request for comment. So that's going to be something interesting to look at as well. McKissick, have him on your radar. I detest shady backroom deals as I support shining light on darkness, Wood said in the statement. I want to help my new neighbors in South Carolina return the Republican Party back to the people. The people have all the power, not the elite cabal of the old guard leadership. So that's a pretty good statement by Lynn Wood there. And um, like I said, it's all going to be about we, especially if you're qualified, running for office and taking that back. Um, because whether or not President Trump releases a social media platform, there will be one coming. Whether Mike Lindell does it or someone else, one is coming. Um, and... All of the suppression that we've seen and all of the censorship that we have seen, especially if they do something like a um, <clears throat> national internet kind of thing, which a little birdie tweeted out the other day, yesterday, um, or was that this morning? I don't know. I heard it from a birdie. Um, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, we will be able to support those pro-America, America first, if you want to call them MAGA people. We will be able to support them. So that's just something to look forward to. All right. A uh, couple more things before we go. Uh, Laura Trump is now an official uh, contributor to the Fox News Network. So I think this should be interesting because after all, was it not Fox News that uh, stabbed their uh, base in the back? What is that noise? What is going on? 
Sorry, guys, that was, I don't know what that was. Okay, so, ooh, we're not going to get to that story today. Um, but yeah, so Laura Trump is now uh, sitting in with uh, with a uh, Fox, uh, Fox who betrayed their base and and their patrons and their viewership. Um, so I, I think this will be interesting uh, because Laura Trump is also considering running for Senate in the state of Cal- uh, South Carolina. So again, we have Linwood and Trump coming up in South Carolina. That's definitely something to look forward to. Um, but. Uh, I don't know. We'll see how this goes. Fox is is a is a controlled network, you know, um, just like Newsmax is. They're compromised. They're controlled. Uh, they're shills. They're plants. Whatever you want to call them. Um, but I, I guess still by playing the game, you know, and and staying on there, um, they'll be able to hopefully steer or infiltrate Trojan Horse. Laura Trump into Fox News. That's the way I'm going to look at it for now, as far as as that goes. But uh, just, you know, you will be seeing her face there. I just, I'm surprised she wasn't canceled because she has the name Trump, honestly. Uh, They they did so well on censoring, uh, you know, President Trump, you know, once they were able to and, and making sure he was blackballed off of every network. That's why you have the likes of us reporting on him. But anyways, okay, so uh, last story for the night. I think this one is interesting. Um, this is a press release from Judicial Watch. Just came out today. Now, Judicial Watch uh, released a statement on the Supreme Court refusal to uphold the court ruling requiring Hillary Clinton email testimony. That's right. Apparently, the Supreme Court does not feel that Hillary Clinton needs to testify in regards to her um, email uh, email uh, um, scandal that was going on uh, back with Benghazi and and then, then her subpoena when she uh, ruined or destroyed all the evidence. So let's see what this press release says. Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton issued the following statement in response to the United States Supreme Court's refusal to grant cert to judicial certification to Judicial Watch's challenge to an appeals court decision exempting Hillary Clinton from testifying under oath about her emails and Benghazi attack documents. Hillary Clinton ignored the law but received special protection from both the courts and law enforcement. For countless Americans, this double standard of justice has destroyed confidence in the fair administration of justice. Americans would never have known about Hillary Clinton's email and related pay-for-play scandals, but for Judicial Watch's diligence. We expect that the Biden state and justice departments will continue to protect her and cover up their own misconduct as we press for additional accountability through the courts. Judicial Watch argued that the Supreme Court should hear its case because the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit erred in undermining the Freedom of Information Act in giving Clinton unwarranted special treatment that conflicts with both Supreme Court precedent and the precedents of other courts of appeal, including its own. The certification arose, um, just a moment. The uh, certification arose, uh, the certification petition arose from the Judicial Watch Freedom of Information Act lawsuit, Judicial Watch versus U.S. Department of State number 114-CV-01242, which led directly to the disclosure of Clinton's use of a non-government email server to conduct government business. On March 2nd, 
2020, United States District Court Judge Royce Lamberth authorized Judicial Watch to depose Clinton about her emails and the existence of relevant Benghazi attack documents. The court also ordered the deposition of Clinton's former chief of staff, Cheryl Mills, and two other State Department officials. So very interesting. Very interesting. While uh, one uh, court said they'd depose her, the United States Supreme Court said, eh, it's okay. So clearly we're in overdrive and we are seeing everything for what it is. Okay. This um, optical illusion of President Trump not being the current president in the United States of America and only having a single term four year run. I believe, is showing everybody. It's showing everybody. It's like almost in real time, people are clicking about what's going on because of the brevity of his first term. There was not two year, uh, two terms, almost 10 years for people to get lost, like a generation to get lost in the policies of uh, a certain political party or a certain political leader. Um, Trump interrupted might actually do more good for us in the long run. And I'll take it because um, clearly we know that the Supreme Court, they're they're like a bunch of roaches in the dark. You know, um, the light has not been fully shown on the traitors of the Supreme Court, but the searchlights are on. The searchlights are on. Um, the search dogs do have the scent and they are coming after the Supreme Court next. Um, we've heard a lot about SCOTUSgate, SCOTUSgate, SCOTUSgate. And this, uh, press relief from Judicial Watch, I believe is only going to put another nail in the coffin, um, of whatever dark shaded dealings are going on behind the closed doors at the Supreme Court, where apparently justice is not blind, but very biased and very anti-American. So, alrighty, guys, that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Sea Report. Thank you again for tuning in today. If you're with us, if not, do enjoy this broadcast at a future date and time. Um, I'll be back tomorrow, same, well, I shouldn't say same, same time, but I will be back tomorrow at the same place, and uh, we'll, we'll see what we can't do about maybe uh, coming across an official, official time time, show time for the C-Report, but we'll see in all due time, we'll see in all due time. In the meantime, America, you guys be good, have a great evening, and uh, um, yeah, don't forget uh, America first, that's what it's all about when you get down to it. And if you are able to, if you have uh, the ability to not be dead on arrival, I would completely consider running for office locally. Find out where you can help. Find out what you can do. And uh, let's see what we can do to save America, guys, because we're on the path. We just got to stay there. Alrighty, guys. Until next time, this is Mr. C signing off. Have a great evening.